بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد ونسلی علی رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ tonight is the 20th of September in the year 2023 and alhamdulillah I spent the session last night mentioning a few of the endless virtues of the holy city of Al-Madinah and the last thing I mentioned was that if a person with Iman is fortunate to die there the Prophet ﷺ says كُنْتُ لَهُ شَفِيعًا وَشَهِيدًا He will be blessed with my intercession and also martyrdom. In Ibn Majah and Behaqi. So the Shafa'a is enough. But the fact that you are blessed with martyrdom as well. This is another endless virtue. So now, note that Al-Madinah apparently has some virtues over that of even the mother city Makkah itself. So there's no doubt about that. Medina has some specific virtues even over the holy city of Makkah. Maybe it was in reference to this that Rafi ibn Khadij he relates that our beloved messengers reported to have said Al-Madinatu khayrun min Makkah Al-Madinah is more excellent than Makkah Subhanallah Al-Madinatu Khairun min Makkah. Al-Madinah is more excellent than Makkah. So this is recorded in Tabarani in Iskabir, number 4450. Hafiz Abdul Haq Dehlawi, in his Jazb Al-Qulub Ila Diyar Al-Mahbub, the absorption of the hearts towards the city of the beloved, sallallahu alayhi wa page 45 of the English translation. However, Hafiz Zahbi, in his Al-Mizan, volume 3, page 623, and Hafiz ibn Hazm, rahmatullahi in his Al-Muhalla, volume 7, page 453, both stated this is a fabrication. <laughs> so, there's a report. And it has a chain back to the Prophet And it says, Medina is more excellent than Makkah. But the chain of transmission is fatally weak. Meaning that there's grounds for it being fabricated. So we can't attribute this statement to the Prophet However, a very similar statement is made by Umar. Umar said literally the same, Medina is more excellent than Makkah. And Imam Malik famously, he considered the holy city of Medina to be greater than that of Makkah. So this is a view of one of the Imams. Three of the Imams say, no, Makkah is superior. However, the resting place of the Prophet is the most superior place in the creation. So whatever the case, there is a report. And we can certainly say that Medina has some excellences even over the holy city of Makkah. There's another report. Abu Huraira, he relates that our beloved messengers reported to have said, Sallallahu O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you have driven me out of the most beloved city to me, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Dost now allow me to reside in the most beloved city to you. Abu Huraira added, Radiyallahu, Dost Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed him to reside in Al-Madinah. Mm-hmm. So let's look at this. 
So this is recorded in Behaki, Ibn Kathir Sira, volume 2, page 188 of the English translation. However, Hafiz Ibn Taymiyyah states, fabricated in his Majmu Al-Fatawa, volume 18, page 124. So this is interesting. Ibn Kathir, in his work Al-Bidayah, he said he will only collect authentic reports. He's collected this report. His teacher, Ibn Taymiyyah, said, this is a fabrication. So, let's leave that to one side at the moment. What does the report mention? This is during the Hijrah. So, Rasulullah, in this hadith, he mentions, Oh my Lord, you have driven me out of the most beloved city to me, I Makkah. Now allow me to reside in the most beloved city to you, I Medina. So what does it indicate? Al Medina is the most beloved city to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So why is this a fabrication? Because it flatly contradicts a Sahih report. In Tirmidhi number 3925, Ibn Imajah number 3108, Ahmed in his Musnad, Hakim Sahih, Ibn Hiban Sahih, and Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullahi stated Sahih in Sahih al-Jami. When Rasulullah was forced to migrate, he said, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Wallahi innak li khayri ardillahi wa ahabba ardillahi ilallah. By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you are the most beloved land to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And thus the most beloved land to me. So this is the importance of authenticating reports. What did the Prophet definitely say? He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, out of love for Makkah, you are the most beloved land to Allah, Makkah. Thus, you are the most beloved land to me. So in this Sahih report, Makkah is the most beloved to both Allah Ta'ala and His Messenger. In the previous report, what did the Prophet apparently say? You have driven me out of the most beloved city to me. So Makkah is still for the Prophet. But apparently the Prophet then said, Now allow me to reside in the most beloved city to you. But the Sahih Hadith said is Makkah. So how could Makkah here be the most beloved of lands to our majestic Lord? And in the previous it mentions on Medina. Similarly, how could our beloved messenger's love be different to that of the Almighty and Glorious? We all know that he always preferred the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So how can it be that Allah ta'ala loves Makkah? And then he wants Omadina or vice versa. So the response is that is a fatally weak report. So note again, we don't really need these reports to indicate the virtues of Al-Madina. I've highlighted them here because you need to be careful. In another report, our beloved mother Sayyida Aisha she relates that her unparalleled husband is reported to have said, lands were conquered by way of the sword, but Al-Madina was conquered by the Quran. Lands were conquered by way of the sword, but Al-Madina was conquered by the Quran. Both Hafiz Al-Uqayli in his Al-Du'afa Al-Qabir, volume 4, page 58, and Shaykh Al-Bani in his Ad-Da'ifa, number 6458, stated, fabricated. So now, what's strange now? It's a correct statement. 
lands were conquered by way of the sword. Correct statement. But Al-Madinah was conquered by the Quran. Correct. But just because it's a correct statement doesn't mean the Prophet said it. In fact, one of the scholars, he very eloquently said, everything Rasulullah said was beautiful. But not everything beautiful that he said was said by Rasulullah. So what did the Shaykh, what was he highlighting? We don't put our emotions. We might get a report thinking, this deserves to be something said by the Prophet. But we don't do that. So here, this is what's happened. you got a beautiful saying. Lands were conquered by way of the sword. But Al-Madinah was conquered by the Quran. So people say, SubhanAllah. Before you start saying, SubhanAllah, did the Prophet say it? And he didn't say it. It's a fabrication. But the statement is true. Why? Because Madinah was not conquered by force. Islam entered there through peaceful means. And the statement is undoubtedly true. Indeed, in another report, our beloved messengers reported to have said, mm-hmm. If anyone dies in any of the two harams, he will then be peaceful, tranquil on the day of judgment. So this is another report. So what did our beloved messenger apparently say, if anyone dies in the two harams, Ayy Makkah and al Madina, he will be amini, he will be tranquil, peaceful on the day of judgment, meaning he'll have no worries. So, where is this recorded? Mm. The hadith is in Darukutni, Behaki and Shu'ab al Iman, 6 51, Mishkat number 2755. Half is Abdul Haq Dehlawi, it is Jazb al Qulub, Ilad Diyar al Mahbub. However, Shaykh al Bani stated fabricated in his Irwa ul Ghalil, volume 4, page 335. So you're probably thinking, why am I quoting fabricated reports? <laughs> the response is, you need to know this. Because when people talk about the virtues of Al-Madina and the Harams, out of jazba, they start quoting without reflecting upon whether these are true statements of the Prophet So is this a correct statement? If anyone dies in any of the two Harams, he will be peaceful, tranquil on the day of judgment. Yes, it is. All the reports substantiate that. However, this narration is a fabrication. We can't attribute it to the Prophet This state can only be achieved if one literally has nothing to worry about. So the wording is, you will be peaceful. So why will you be peaceful on the Day of Judgment? It means you've got nothing to worry about. Everybody is panicking, your, you know, why are you sitting? Then, just like Masjid Al-Aqsa, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Glorified and free from all imperfection be he who took his servant from Masjid al-Haram to Masjid al-Aqsa whose surroundings we have blessed. Surah 17 verse 1. Similarly, Al-Madina has that quality. The surroundings of Al-Madina is blessed. So for instance, you have the famous blessed Masjid Quba. Sayyidina Zayd ibn Aslam he relates that our beloved messenger said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Alhamdulillahilladhi qarraba minna quba'an all praises for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has made Masjid Quba close to us walau kana bi ufuqin min al-afaqi ladarabna ilik and even if it had been situated in one corner of the corners of the earth we would still have galloped the livers of our camels to reach it. Mm. 
وما أنت. This is recorded in Ibn Shayba in his Tariq al-Madina 1-46, Hafiz Abdul Haq Dahlawi in his Jazm al-Qulub ila Diyar al-Mahbub, page 205-5 of the English translation. So let's look at this. Koba is just a few miles from Medina. I think it's about four miles from Medina, give or take. So it's very close to Al-Medina. The Prophet would sometimes walk from Medina to Koba. Rasulullah thanked Allah Ta'ala for them. He goes, Alhamdulillahilladhi qarraba minna Koba. All praises for Allah who has made Masjid Koba close to us. Then he says something very interesting. وَلَوْ كَانَ بِأُفُقٍ مِنَ الْأَفَاكِ لَدَرَبْنَا إِلِيكِ Even if it was in one corner of the world, we would have galloped the livers of our camels to reach it. So the Prophet was saying that, you know, let's hypothetically, let's say it was on the west coast of America, hypothetically, the Prophet would have made arrangements to go there. Because we would have galloped the livers of our camels. Now, why did he mention camels? Because camels are used for distance. Horses were used for short bursts. So he mentioned camels because we would literally break the backs of camels to get to Masjid al-Qubah. Now, what does that straight away alert you to? There's something about Masjid al-Qubah. The first is don't be, don't belittle it because it's so close to Medina, which people do. Secondly, why would the Prophet go flat out to go to it, even if he was in the corner of the world. Abu Huraira, he said, Radiyallahu, Man salla fil masjid al-arba'ati ghufira lahu dhunubu. He who has prayed in four masjids, then all his sins will be forgiven. Masjid al-Haram, Masjid al-Nabi, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Masjid al-Aqsa, and Masjid al-Qubah. Subhanallah. Recorded by Hafiz Abdul Haq Dahlawi in his Jazm al Qulub ila Diyar al Mahbub, page 205 of the English translation. So Abu Huraira mentioned one secret. If you have the honor to pray in these four masjids, you are guaranteed forgiveness. The Kaaba Sharif, Masjid al Nabi, Jerusalem, Masjid al Aqsa, and what did he say? Masjid al Quba. Those Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas, said, that I pray two rakats in Masjid Koba is more beloved to me than going to Bayt al-Maqdis twice. That I, radiyallahu pray two rakats in Masjid al-Koba is more beloved to me than going to Bayt al-Maqdis twice. This is recorded in Ibn Abi Shayba in his Al-Musannaf 2-264. Hafiz Ibn Hajar Asqalani in his Fatt al-Bari 3-69 stated Hassan. So Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas, he was one of the ten promised paradise. He was the maternal uncle of the Prophet He was one of the ten promised paradise. He said, who's got a better understanding than him? He didn't say, visit Quba. He goes, that I pray two rakats. Two rakat nafl. In Quba is not equal. It is more beloved to me than going to Bayt al-Maqdis twice. So what was he simply saying? Just one rakat in Masjid al-Qubba was more beloved to this heavenly man than visiting the third holiest masjid. <laughs> Subhanallah. Think about that. 
just one rakat in Masjid al-Quba was more beloved to this man of paradise than visiting the third holiest masjid. Subhanallah, think about that. Whilst no other than Rasulullah said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that I pray in Masjid al-Quba is dearer to me than praying in Masjid Bayt al-Maqdis. This is in Hakim in his Mustadrak Sahih, Targheeb number 921. So Rasulullah, who gave us the Shariat, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, it is more beloved to me to pray in Masjid al-Quba than praying in Masjid al-Aqsa. And we've just mentioned a few nights prior some of the rewards for Masjid al-Aqsa. You're a sinless as the day your mother gave. So how can you somebody something give you more reward than that? You're a sinless as the day your mother gave birth to you. You offer salat in Masjid al-Quba, the Prophet goes, is more beloved to me. More beloved, not equal. In one report it mentions, if you understood what secrets are concealed in this masjid, you will then make every effort to visit it. Subhanallah. If you understood what secrets are concealed in this masjid, i.e. Quba, you will then make every effort to visit it. Recorded by Hafiz Abdul Haq Dahlawi Rahmatullahi in his Jazb Al-Qulub Ila Diyar Al-Mahbub, page 205 of the English translation. So what does the report say? Secrets. There's so many secrets around Al-Madinah and Koba is an amazing secret of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because if you knew, because you would not get enough of that masjid. So now, why is it so holy? It comes as no surprise to learn that this sacred masjid has been given an honorable mention in the Quran. Refer to Surah Tawbah, Surah 9, verse 108. Now think about that. How many masjids are mentioned in the Quran? So people straight away say uh, the Kaaba, mashallah, Masjid al Haram, Masjid al Nabi, Masjid al Aqsa. And then you go, any other masjids mentioned in the Quran? And some might even say, oh, the Masjid of the hypocrites. I'm not talking about the shaitans, <laughs> the Masjid Dirar. We're talking about the holy masjids. And you should say straight away, Masjid al Quba. Mm. The fact that Allah Ta'ala has given it an honorable mention. Highlighting something to you. Why is he mentioned that masjid? So now why is it so holy? So one of the simple ways to look at it is that who built the masjid? It was Rasulullah. He was coming from the Hijrah to al Madina, and he stopped at Koba first. And the first thing he did was he built a masjid. Abu Bakr helped, because of the unparalleled hand of Rasulullah, the masjid was given such honor. It's older than Masjid al-Nabi. <laughs> if you look at Masjid al-Nabi, and somebody goes, look, what do you think? These two Masjids, which one's older? Without thinking, you go, Masjid al-Nabi. It's not. It's Masjid al-Quba. <laughs> so how many prayers did Rasulullah offer in that Masjid? You know, double figures. <laughs> think about that. One prayer where Rasulullah prayed is enough honor. He prayed Fajr there, Zohar, Asr, Maghrib and Isha. He did not pray Juma there, which is interesting. Juma he prayed, he left Koba, and between Koba and Al Madina he offered the first Juma. And now they built another masjid called Masjid al Juma. That's where the Prophet offered the first Juma. That's fascinating. So Masjid al Koba was built by Rasulullah. Now, what does that tell you? It's a secret which the hadith mentions. What's the secret? Masjid al Aqsa is the third holiest masjid. Why is it not the second holiest masjid? And the reason I say that. Is because Masjid al-Aqsa was the Qibla. 
every prophet faced Masjid Al-Aqsa. Was Masjid Al-Nabi ever a Qibla? Never. Sallallahu alayhi wa So that's number one. So Masjid Al-Aqsa should be the second greatest masjid. Which one is older? Masjid Al-Aqsa or Masjid Al-Nabi? Masjid Al-Aqsa is far older. There's only a 40-year gap between the Kaaba and Masjid Al-Aqsa. In Sayyid Bukhari, Masjid Al-Nabi is even younger than Masjid Al-Quba. And yeah, Masjid Al-Nabi is greater. How many prophets have prayed in Masjid Al-Aqsa? All of them. How many prophets have prayed in Masjid Al-Nabi? You know, you could probably say a handful. So why is Masjid Al-Aqsa greater? The response the scholars say is because Rasulullah built the masjid. Whichever masjid he helped to build is honored. So the Kaaba Sharif, he built it. It was needing repair. He placed the black stone within it. Masjid al-Nabi, obviously, he built. Masjid al-Qubah. So now think about that. If he's built Masjid al-Qubah, it should be greater than Masjid al-Aqsa. Can we say that? We can't say that. But if you look at what Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas said, what did he say? I pray two rakats in Masjid al-Qubah is more beloved to me than going to Bayt al-Maqdis twice. He was hinting towards that. And Rasulullah himself said, praying in Masjid al-Qubah is more beloved to me than praying in Bayt al-Maqdis. So Masjid al-Qubah is an amazing place. Famous reports, the Prophet said, whoever offers... Uh, performs his wudu in his dwelling and goes to Masjid al-Qubah to offer a prayer, he'll get the reward of an Umrah. So that's unique. <laughs> Where, which other masjid do you get the reward of an Umrah if you pray? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> no other masjid. Masjid al-Qubah, you get Umrah. And the report doesn't just say one-off. Every prayer. So imagine the people who regularly pray that they're getting Umrah after Umrah. You know, losing count of how many Umrah they're getting. Why do they get the reward of an Umrah? Because Rasulullah said in Behaki, in Shu'ab al-Iman, whoever offers the Fadr prayer in my masjid, he gets the reward of a Hajj. So Hajj is reserved for Masjid al-Nabi. So if you're there and you pray five prayers in Masjid al-Nabi, you've got the reward of five Hajjs. Think about that. If you go to Masjid al-Qubah, you get Umrah. So look at these Hajj and Umrahs that you're getting. <laughs> Just because you're in the holy city of the Prophet So, Koba is a most beloved place. We should strive, strive to go there. The Prophet despite his, you know, his responsibilities, he would go every Saturday. He would go Saturday morning to uh, Masjid al-Qubah. Sometimes he'd walk, sometimes he'd go on transport. And so notice the timing, which is interesting, Saturday morning. Meaning it was a time when obviously people usually are not that busy. So he went. So the ulama said to be in line with the sunnah, that is the best time. Saturday morning to, to go there. And then of course there, there's that well, the well of Aris, where Uthman radiallahu lost the ring of the Prophet Very significant, you know, and it's again all these holy places around the holy city. Then there is Mount Uhud, the famous mountain which overlooks the holy city of the Prophet So, Mount Uhud, this is important. You get the souvenir place. <laughs> this is where the archers were, they'll say. Mount Uhud is the range at the back. Right? That's not Mount Uhud. Remember they say this is where the archers stood and they fired the arrows. 
whether that's true or not, Allah Ta'ala knows best, but Uhud is at the back. What's special about that mountain? Sayyidina Jabir ibn Abdullah, radiyallahu he said, Musa and Harun alayhi salatu wa salam came to Makkah to perform Hajj and Umrah. On their return, they reached al Madina and they pitched their tents on Mount Uhud. Suddenly, the time of passing of Harun alayhi salatu arrived. Thus, he passed away on Mount Uhud and he was buried there. Subhanallah. This is recorded by Ibn Shayba in his Tariq al Madina, Hafiz Aini in his Umdatul Qari, volume 12, page 88, Hafiz Abdul Haq Dahlawi in his Jazb al Qulub ila Diyar al Mahbub, page 309 of the English translation. So let's look at this. So the first thing is, it's not from the Prophet, it's from Jabir ibn Abdullah, but it's the Ghayb. So he must have heard it from the Prophet or from the companions who heard it from the Prophet. So what does it say? The two blessed brothers, Musa and Harun, they're going to perform Hajj and Umrah. So maybe they're doing the Maddu. Now think about this. Has Al-Madina got anything to do with Hajj? No. What does the Hadith say? On their return, they reached Al-Madina, they pitched their tents on Mount Uhud. Hang on a minute. So there's two possibilities. By sheer coincidence, on their trike back maybe to the desert or whatever, because this was definitely during the wandering stage, because Harun passed away. And notice it doesn't mention anybody else who's with them. This seems to indicate that they had prayed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that whilst the 40 years of wandering was taking place, please allow us to perform Hajj and Umrah. And it seems that Allah Ta'ala granted that request. So there was still, Bani Israel was still languishing in the desert. Mm. So they're going back from Hajj and Umrah. They've reached al Madina. What are they doing there? Mm. So, two possibilities. This is on the way back. And by sheer coincidence and luck, or whatever you want to say, or you can say, no, this was premeditated. So obviously they know their prophets, their messengers. What are they doing on Mount Uhud? Look at how much they knew about the future that Allah, Allah blessed them with. And look at how amazing. Harun his time of death arrived on Mount Uhud. And he passed away on Mount Uhud. He's buried there. Totally in line with the Sayyid Hadith. A prophet is buried where he loves to be buried. He passed away on Uhud. He wanted to be buried on Uhud. Hafiz Abdul Haq Dehlawi Rahmatullah he said, his grave is famous on Mount Uhud. As the residence of Al-Madina mentioned in his Jazb Al-Qulub Ila Diyar Al-Mahbub, page 309 of the English translation. So now think about this. That made me laugh. Because this is famous. Is he famous? <laughs> to be honest, I only learned this, you know, maybe uh, not so long ago, a few months ago. I thought it's famous. It means everybody's sleeping. Imagine somebody goes to you, did you go to the grave of Harun alayhi The guy starts scratching his head. He goes, brother, you, you got me there. I went to do Umrah. I didn't go to Palestine. And then he goes, what's his grave going to do with Palestine? He goes, 
Musa is another song. Yeah, Musa is not buried. You know, just outside Masjid Al-Aqsa. You know that. Not only by him. Not only by his brother. Where's he been? Now when you say this, you watch their reaction. Mount Uhud. They'll say, Mount Uhud. Then they'll start with this. They go, okay, play the tape back. Then you say, how did he end up on Mount Uhud? The Hadith explains. He's not going on a sightseeing tour. He went to do Hajj and Umrah. All the prophets did Hajj and Umrah. We know this. So when he did a Hajj and Umrah, his time of death came on Mount Uhud. He wanted to die there. Why? Because Rasulullah was going to go there. <laughs> so think about it. Which other mountain has an honor of a holy prophet being buried on it? When you go to Mount Uhud, people start saying interesting things. They go, why is it red? <laughs> and it's interesting. Which mountains are red? That in itself tells you something. What this is? What did the prophet famously say? This is a mountain that loves us. And we love it. Bukhari Hadith. Why did he say that? So people don't go into it because they ain't got commentary. <laughs> Why would he not say that? When I mean, who's buried on it? <laughs> Hazrat Ali, what was who was he likened to? Harun. <laughs> right? The Prophet said, You are to me as Harun was to Musa, except there'll be no prophet after me. Hazrat Ali had great affection for Mount Uhud. Why? Because he was likened to uh, Harun alayhi salatu Now you go there. He goes, oh, that's my Oh, mashallah. Let's go. Hang on a minute. The same guy goes to P. Chajashah's grave, spends a couple of nights. Right? Then you go, you just left a prophet's grave. Where's his grave? I don't know. Just go to the mountain. Pay your respects. So now what's interesting to wrap up. He's buried on Mount Uhud. The Prophet said that a Prophet is buried where he dies or where he loves to be buried. He wanted to be buried on Mount Uhud. He wanted to be on this mountain. Why? And the simple response is his love for Rasulullah. He knew Rasulullah was coming to Al-Madinah. Maybe, you know, maybe thousands of years after his lifetime. So he was patiently going to wait for him there. The other thing, which is important to highlight. How many times do you get hadiths of this nature? Rasulullah was a man of So let me give you one famous example. In Sayyid Bukhari, Abu Huraira, he relates, Rasulullah, Abu Bakr, Umar, and Uthman, they were a man Uhud and it shook. Stop! <laughs> what are they doing a man Uhud? Sightseeing! <laughs> Think about that. You know, why is he climbed Mount Uhud with three of the sheikhs? And then what did the Prophet say to Mount Uhud? He took it with his stuff. He says, why are you shaking Uhud? On you there's a Prophet, there's a Siddiq and they are martyrs. Meaning Abu Bakr and the two martyrs. So think about it. What's he doing on Mount Uhud? Other reports, another report in Sayyid Muslim. It adds a few other names. Rasulullah Zaman Uhud, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali, Zubair, Talha, and Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas. And the mountain shook again. And the Prophet said exactly the same words. He's why are you shaking? On you there's a Prophet, a Siddiq, and martyrs. So the Siddiq were two now. Abu Bakr Siddiq and Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas. Because he wasn't martyred. All the other blessed souls were martyred. So look how holy that mountain is. Not only is there a Prophet buried within it, a Prophet 
or prophets stood upon that mountain, including Musa, and six of the ten promised paradise. We know ascended it. And what's interesting, is it has a future role to play as well. Which shaitan goes to the very edge of Uhud. The Jal. Why doesn't he go further? He can't because Medina is guarded. And then he looks and he sees Masjid al Nabi and he says something very interesting. So the hadith is in Ahmad Hakim and his Mustadrat Sahih. The Jal, the Prophet said, The Jal says, Do you see that white fortress? It is, it is the Masjid of Ahmad. So what's shocking about that description? So who's narrating the hadith Rasulullah? When did he narrate it? 1420 plus years ago. Was Masjid al Nabi like a white fortress? So imagine the Sahabi hearing this. They did Masjid al Nabi, very simple, you know, whatever how it was built in those auspicious days. And suddenly the Prophet says, The Jal looks at my masjid and he goes, Do you see the white fortress? If I was to ask you now, when you look at the images on the calendars and the, you know, the what image do you get? You see a white fortress. It's already there. The fact that the Jal doesn't venture down Mount Uhud indicates again it's a holy place. He can't go any further. Then the report goes, he leaves and he then de- his, his death comes. That's the, as far as he gets in terms of his uh, fitna. He actually gets to the perimeter of al Madina. So note again here, all these reports about the holy city of the Prophet And all of this should be done before you head towards the holy city. People go, obviously, with love. They want to go and pay their respects. But you only get what you put in. The more you put in, in terms of your research, the more you will take from those uh, visits. Are there any questions you'd like to ask? Subhanahu wa bihamdi, subhanakallahumma bihamdika, ashtulai ilahi illa anta astaghfirika, atubu alaykum, 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 atubu alaykum